0: Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're here with another edition of Chesapeake Chats. I'm your host, Lisa, and I'm joined by the always lovely Casey. Hi, Casey. Hello, hello. I'm back. Hey, okay. I have to ask before we get started. You're staying dry. Yes. I'm very concerned about the hurricane and your location in Florida. Yes. So we
1: on the west
0: side are good. Okay.
1: The thoughts and prayers to everybody else on the east coast. So
0: I know poor Caroline in South, uh, South Carolina, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm gonna need this to pivot like that Ross meme I saw in Nydia, uh, yeah. Five's yes. Yes. Pivot, yeah. I'm gonna yes. need that.
1: It's gonna pivot, it needs to pivot off the off back into no. where it came from.
0: <laughs> well, I feel bad for everybody in the Bahamas. It's I terrible. know
1: it's so sad. Um. um
0: We did have rain today. I don't think it has anything to do with this. And I don't think we're supposed to get any rain over on the East Coast, like way up north until later this week because Mm -hmm. of, but of course it won't be anywhere near as bad. So I just wanted to check in with you. And if you guys are in the path, stay safe. We're thinking about you. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So Chesapeake Shores, season four, episode two, Leap of Faith. What... Were your overall thoughts? Did you like, dislike this episode?
1: My overall thoughts, summed up in one word, is intrigue. Ooh. I am very intrigued about several of these storylines. And they, they've definitely wet my appetite this time. Oh Even some gosh. of the like weird business drama, I'm like, ooh. Yeah,
0: okay. Okay. I like that word. That's a good word. My... Um, apprehension with this though is that two episodes down we've got four to go and this I mean if we had like 10 episodes I could see this getting real meaty real fast like all of these little storylines but now I'm nervous that it's just going to be very quick and but we'll see I I shouldn't shouldn't judge we don't know
1: well you're Um, right because usually there's 10 and there's only what six this yeah season so maybe they're building up intrigue for season five
0: okay i mean that would be or a movie yeah oh yeah a movie but we're like after next sunday we're halfway done yeah which i don't like it's weird i don't like this but um overall for me okay i will say that there were so many parts that i that were just that really worked for me. And then there were parts where I just, I'm starting to not like certain people and I'm kind of getting irritated. But okay, so yours is intrigue and mine is irritated. Mm. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Great Your deliberation. Of
0: is, is <laughs> intrigue, and my word is irritated. Um, <laughs> okay, so I figured we go through these through the episode by couple or by character. And these are in no particular order other than how they popped up on my screen. And the first ones was were Jess and David, who this episode, throughout the episode, are saying goodbye again to the BNB and and have decided to shop for another one. And personally, uh, this storyline kind of mm, gave me a lot of questions. I had a lot of like, wait, what was this? Uh, but overall, David was super dreamy. He just, I don't know why, but I mean, he's always attractive to me. But this episode he was just super charming and super dreamy and I just I wanted more but what did you think of their yeah they
1: you're right David is pretty dreamy and he's pretty perfect and I'm like okay I, I can take it um usually I don't like perfect characters but because he doesn't He's not a main character, and even his storyline with Jess isn't a main storyline, it seems, as of now. I'm okay with him being perfect and sweet and amazing. So,
0: yeah. But, yeah, lots of questions, though. Lots of questions. Okay, here's the thing. They decide to leave the B&B again. Um, It's gotten termites. And so in the episode at some point, Jess refers to it as my B&B has Swiss cheese is like Swiss cheese or something because it's got all these holes from termites. Great. But my question is, how did they just leave it? I mean just because you get termites doesn't mean you're just free to abandon the property. Like if my house got termites, I wouldn't just be like, well, I guess that stinks. I'll find a new home. Like I still have a mortgage and I still have to make payments on it. I have to fix it. I just don't get to fix it and then leave, I guess, unless I pay off the house and say, that's it. I'm done. Bye. Yeah.
1: You kind of have to sell your property in order to get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I, I don't understand this. And wasn't this also on the same large piece of land as the O'Brien home because in the beginning of the series, just like waves at Brie at one point is like, Hey, we can wave at each other. Yeah. 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 They were
1: like throwing distance within each other. That's why Jess always popped up in the, at the O'Brien house.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Cause I feel like when they left for the, inn, the inn that David's parents bought them, it kind of wasn't really fully explained how they got rid of the B and B and then they decided to come back last, last, the first episode of the season. Great. And now we see it all shuttered up. And man, it's had all this overgrowth, all these weeds, all the boards on the windows. It looks terrible. And I'm thinking, mm. if the O'Briens are like legit a quarter of a mile down the road, right? How did they not be like, oh, we need to clean this up? This is ugly.
1: Uh, maybe it's hashtag rich people problems. <laughs> You know, David's family was probably like, hey, we got money. No, don't worry about it. It's all good. We'll we'll get you your own little inn and you don't have to worry about the, you know, little shabby chic one in Chesapeake Shores. And that's my assumption. Rich people problems.
0: Yeah, I just I guess I don't understand. OK, so if the building's condemned and it's shuttered, why don't they just foreclose? Down? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it.
1: Maybe and- it's under foreclosure. And they still haven't gotten a buyer or any, you know, buddy. But then again, even if it went into foreclosure, couldn't Justice Dad just buy it and tear it down?
0: Yeah. Or couldn't he just tear it down because it's on his? I don't know. I have questions. Mm-hmm. And then so they they decide to move forward. Okay, they're going to buy another one. Great. But my next question is is how big is Chesapeake Shores? Where there are this many B and B's available? Because at one point. David and Jess are walking down the street and Jess is saying, I don't want to say goodbye to the B&B. I, I want ours. I don't want anything else. And David basically makes her close her eyes and turn around and she opens her eyes and there's all these listings. Now I know, granted, they're probably not all bed and breakfasts availabilities, probably just some homes mixed in with some mixed use, but I'm just, how big is Chesapeake Shores? <laughs> <laughs> i'm confused so here's
1: my thought on that maybe it's on that uh, the uh, vancouver island that has so many little towns all around okay and the BNB is not necessarily in chesapeake shores but it's in like you know vancouver shores, <laughs> vancouver <laughs> <Next door>. shores.
0: <laughs> van shores Van yes. shores yep got it yeah i mean and even with like um At times, well, actually this season, as they're showing Mick and all of his developments and how they're in trouble, they are like large, massive developments. So how big is Chesapeake Shores? I mean, it looks really small, but okay. Maybe he owns all the island. That's what they kind of alluded to in the first season. Mm -hmm. That They basically created the entire town of Chesapeake Shores. So maybe it's bigger than we realize, but...
1: And he's expanding to all the other little towns. Maybe they go maybe he goes into the main land. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. Yes, yeah, okay. Suburbs of Chesapeake Shores. I don't know. It's all very confusing, but
1: I just realized a mistake that I just said a few minutes ago. Uh-oh. It's not Vancouver because they film in on Vancouver Island. They are on Chesapeake Shore Island or something in Maryland. So yeah. Right, no, My I head was were- in Canada. My thoughts were on Maryland, but not connecting. Anyways, basically what I was trying to say is Island, Chesapeake Shores is a little town in all the little towns in on the island, whatever the island is. Sure. Right. See, I thought okay. you
0: were just making fun of the fact that it's in Canada. But okay. it's supposed to be in that one. We can go with that too. <laughs> right. Dealer's choice. As you're listening. Whichever you decide, that's fine. Okay, so we get to see Brie rehearsing her play with the director. And uh, Brie, throughout this episode, is struggling because the real Simon shows up. And now she has the real Simon and play Simon. And eventually she has a third Simon, which is partly in her head, I think. And she thinks that the real Simon doesn't have as much passion as play simon and it's a lot of simons and i got kind of irritated with it if i can say that so
1: yeah i was so confused yeah i I a lot of simon a lot of simon a lot of (laughs) simon being you know very kind and nice in a lot of brie and her internal struggles And I was confused, because what is this, season four? We've known Simon since, like, what, season Season two-ish? Right. And I thought they were rocking and rolling as a couple. And apparently not. Yeah. Like, did they ever have the, you know, DTR, define the relationship talk? I don't remember.
0: I mean, I think they've that's basically been their relationship is trying to decide whether they have a relationship. And if they're not talking about writing or, you know, the manuscript from last season, then they're talking about whether or not they should actually be together. She did a lot of waffling last season with, I don't know if Mm -hmm. I should be with Simon. I don't know. And at this point, okay, I'm just going to be honest, y'all, because seriously and until this episode brie one, has been one of my favorite characters but she's kind of bugging me this season i'm gonna say that i i don't think she's really had much character growth she doesn't communicate with anybody about anything or how she's feeling like she never really wants to rock the boat in season one it was martin she kind of Escapes Chicago and hid out in Chesapeake Shores because she didn't want to confront that whole situation. Mm -hmm. And Simon, she couldn't decide whether she wanted to be with him. And even now, same thing. She can't decide whether she wants to be with him. Uh, Caroline, his ex-girlfriend, when he, when she showed up, she didn't really want to confront that. She just hid out with her sisters and was like, I guess they're together. I don't know. And you know, it's like, and then even with her mom, like their whole situation from the past and with dealing with the manuscript, she just kind of, I don't want to mm. deal with it and just would hide or whatever. Just take it. It's very frustrating.
1: Yeah, it, I can see that. So
0: um, do you you know what the Enneagram is? I do. I've never done it, but I do know what it is.
1: Okay. So for anybody else that's listening, the Enneagram is basically kind of like a typing system, kind of like Myers-Briggs, stress Strength Finders, etc. cetera. Um, except there are nine numbers and everybody has an innate number. And then you also have like your number in stress, your number in growth, et cetera, et cetera. The Enneagram also gotcha. is based on your motivation. So how you see the world and how you react to the world rather than, which is opposite of Myers-Briggs, which is Myers-Briggs is how people see you. If that makes sense. Gotcha. That does make so, sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is I'm pretty sure Brie is a nine <laughs> because and then nines are they like their inner peace. They're kind of like the peacekeeper, mm-hmm. but not necessarily peacekeeper of others, although they can do that, but more like internal peace. They don't like rocking the boat. And I say this because I'm an Enneagram nine. And oh. I can totally see myself being like Bree as annoying as she is right now. but, like, avoidance is very much a thing with nines. Like they don't like confrontation, so they avoid it. They suppress right. it. They ignore it. They pretend it's not there, which is very much what Bree is doing right now. Like she does not want to address anything. She like she didn't want to address anything with Martin. She ran away. She didn't want to address anything with her mom. She was kind of like, ah, okay, bye, which is totally something I would do in a weird, awkward, not didn't want to confront type of situation. I'm kind of like, ooh, I'm going to pretend this never happened and go about my life. Because if I open this up, I'm going to be very internally conflicted inside and stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to put it out there for anybody watching who is an Enneagram fan. Let me know if you agree with me. Is Brie an Enneagram 9? And obviously, she's not a healthy Enneagram 9 because she is still avoiding for three years later.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that all made sense to me. And I will tell you that when it comes to acquaintances and below, aka strangers, yeah, I'll avoid till getting get blue in the face. I don't need to discuss anything with you. But if it's somebody that I'm super close with, like anybody in my immediate family or, like you know, like my mom – or my kids or my husband oh yeah i will be like listen this is what i need and this is what i need right now (laughs) so (laughs) the fact that like brie i could i could understand being skittish with simon but like everybody else and throughout this entire series i'm just like brie just say what you want like just talk to people yeah yeah yeah. just open it up yeah yeah I get it though. And I did like that she she was conflicted. She said at one point, I don't know, I think I missed the passion of Martin, but Simon and I don't know, my Marmon or my Sitan. I don't know. I'm still working on it. She gave <laughs> them a couple day, which is awesome. Because that's my favorite.
1: That's <laughs> best. It was. But um, yeah, that see that proves I'm pretty sure she's a nine. She she yeah. can't they're also indecisive. Okay. And indecisive because they don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings. So like
0: we need to do this for all the characters and tell me what they all are. Oh, we do.
1: We, we didn't have a bonus episode because I yeah. I can go on all night about this. But basically, while Brie is really frustrating because I see her as frustrating, I can also see myself being like Brie. So I also have, like, empathy there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be too hard on her. But, you know, she's. I guess it's because she's one of my favorites that yeah. this episode, for sure, I just... I was really over the indecisive like attitude. Yeah. yeah. So, um, after the, you know, Brie, we see, we get to see Mick again. And basically with Mick, he is going to be, he is indict he has been indicted, uh, the concrete guy or Paul, I prefer concrete guy, but we'll call him Paul. Um, has basically said, no, if I'm going down, you're going down with me. And uh, it feels like we're kind of getting land trusted again because, again, I don't think that they have enough episodes to explore this whole thing in full. But my question is, is do you think that this entire storyline is basically all in service to get Connor to go out on his own as a lawyer, like open his own firm? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good question. I, I didn't get that vibe. I, I mean, maybe it's because I've siloed Mick <laughs> <laughs> with all his legal issues the last three, four years. Right. Um, and so I, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe, although that's a good thought process there. But can you really see Connor defending his dad? Because they're both so headstrong.
0: Maybe. I mean, the reason I say that is because at one point in the episode, and I was going to talk about this with Connor, but I'm going to bring it up now. Maybe the one thing that Connor, um, Mick at one point tells Connor, you know, when you work for someone else, like he made a point of telling him, you know, when you work for someone else, you have to do what they say. You have to listen Mm -hmm. to them or you can get fired. And I feel like that point was being made because at some point, Maybe Connor is gonna, you know, maybe if I just don't work for somebody else, maybe if I work for myself, I can do what I want. And what I want to do is, you know, practice my own law and be a trial lawyer. Oh, and my dad needs help. Oh, and my sister is probably gonna need help. So I'll just create my own law firm.
1: Mm. Maybe. That's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I could I could see that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see him as you know his own boss um just because he's so used to the corporate world and he's super young and hot-headed so (laughs) you know what lessons are we what lessons is connor gonna learn or connor gonna learn if he goes out on his own but
0: that Hmm. could be an interesting storyline like if we had another season or something and he's on his own those could be some struggles and you know if they want to bring Danielle back into the mix, he could try and hire her. I don't know. I mean, there could, could be, be partners there. together. Yeah. Hmm. I will say, and this has no bearing whatsoever on the storyline, but um, Andrew Francis can wear a suit really well. Like his suits in this episode, I was just, his ties, they were all very great. Yes. So I just really needed that noted, everybody. Andrew Francis, if you ever listen to this, good job.
1: Yeah, he does wear a suit really well good for
0: you super sharp Um, okay I'm going to skip ahead because we talked about it so I'm just going to bring Connor in if that's okay if we can talk about Connor real quick Okay. so in this episode Connor ends up getting demoted by his Uncle Thomas Um, they his Uncle Thomas is really irritated actually really basically ticked off that um, Connor forced uh, him and the other people he was fighting I'm not entirely certain what to call them Uh, to trial and thomas said i specifically told you to draw this out with paperwork and not to force it to go to trial so we can have this an extended you know for an extended lawsuit Mm -hmm. and connor's like yeah but i can win i know i can win i can make this happen and uncle thomas is just basically look i'm not your uncle right now i'm your boss i'm telling you to knock it off i mean in the end connor ends up winning and that's great but thomas says you know what i can't trust you i can't Trust that you won't go rogue. I'm going to go ahead and demote you back to research, and so that's another reason why I think mm-hmm. Connor's going to quit. But
1: yeah, yeah. yeah that is a good point. Um, it is. I I was trying to figure out why did Connor decide to just brashly decide to take everything to court. Was it because he was slightly jealous of danielle being up for partner and he's not getting anywhere because he has a boring law job (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying like how i mean for real though how exciting is you know environmental law right snore
0: yeah a lot of paperwork and you're right i do think that's a good point i do think that he was kind of goaded into it like not really that no it's not like they were pressuring him but I think he was like you said jealous like oh they're Danielle and that other rando dude that they were at the bridge club with talking about lawyerly stuff. Um yeah I think he thought, man, this is not exciting. And I think he saw something in the complaints Mm -hmm. that was led him to say, oh I can I can win this. This is a slam dunk. I'm just gonna do it.
1: Yeah plus i will tell you too like um cuz i have a friend who is a lawyer so probably about the same timing as connor's lawyering job life um yeah. but she mentioned it's it takes a while to get to trial like just as a as a lawyer you don't just go to trial all the time it's a lot right. of paperwork a lot of mediations a lot of you know settling It's very, for her and her state, it's not common to go to trial. A lot of times people settle before this. So I'm kind of like, is Connor just bored? Is he just trying to prove to everybody else, like, hey, y'all, I could get him in trial. We don't have to mediate. We're going (laughs) to sick him. (laughs) Like, I'm just confused. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if he did start his own firm, like he would still have to listen to his clients and what they want. And he'd have to give them the best advice right. based on his findings and not because he wants to, I don't know, be all, you know, tough. I, I, I don't know. Right.
0: Which is what Uncle <laughs> tells him at the, you know, at the end when he demotes him, he said, Connor, you're an excellent lawyer. The problem is, is that you can't listen to what you want. You have to act on what your client needs. And otherwise, you're going to basically dig yourself into a hole. And side note, in the words of the great Don Amigo from Parks and Rec, Uncle Thomas can get it. I mean, I just love him. I just, yeah, I need more of him in my life. Um, But yeah, in that scene, he was super powerful. And I was like, yes, you Mm -hmm. can get it, sir. And in the scene with him, with Uncle Thomas and Mick walking down the street talking about legal troubles and whatnot i will say this um those are two like very very experienced actors and yes it's just i just love watching them two together and i guarantee that they have a lot of stories from their whole entire career because they're just they've been in everything and watching them interact with each other is just a delight just because Mm -hmm. they're so they're such incredible actors and i just love it so there that's that's my little side note. Sorry. Okay, so in this episode, oh, Kevin. We can't forget about Kevin.
1: No, we can't forget about dear sweet Kevin.
0: Kevin who basically, okay, it's Kevin, we realize that he is still a paramedic and he gets a 911 call and it ends up being his old high school coach. Um I'm going to say I really loved this storyline. Uh I really loved that they, the writers made it clear like the, that the coach was there in ways that the kids didn't even realize at the time. And now they're adults. They saw how much he cared and how much he reached out to them. As the daughter of a coach slash teacher, the sister of a coach slash teacher, and I was in athletics for 20 years, I just really, really love this storyline. What did you think about it?
1: I yeah it was very reminiscent for me just because I remember, you know, thinking about high school teachers and old coaches and stuff and now looking back it's like they really impacted my life. Yeah. It, I just thought it was it was so sweet and you know what Kevin did for him um I I
0: don't know it made me I, warm and fuzzy inside. I you know I liked it it seemed like an odd Storyline interjected within all of this other stuff. I mean, I liked it. It just it seemed a little out of place in the flow of the show, but mm-hmm. i i I still enjoyed it a lot just because yeah. of the the nature of the storyline. And of course, I like seeing them in their Letterman jackets at one point at the end. Which if those are if those were their actual Letterman jackets from high school, those look really good. I know they were really bright. <laughs> Those sleeves are super white because I had my jacket was red with the white sleeves, my Letterman jacket. And psh, like three months after getting it, those sleeves were just done. They were just gross. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. They went out and got new ones. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Maybe they, like, you know, took them from current high school students. They're like, hey, bro, need your Letterman jacket because. We need to look bright and shiny here
0: yeah and Side then they took them <laughs> hallmark if you want to get rid of any of those or do a giveaway
1: oh my gosh i was about to say the same thing
0: then i am mean, we're, we're your gals oh I'm yeah wearing, i'll wear them everywhere i'll wear them the entire winter <laughs> and take pictures and put them on my instagram and i can be all sponsor so yeah send me a letterman jacket yeah. um did
1: you have any teachers Back in your day, when you you know, influenced you?
0: Oh my gosh, yes! And I will tell this story very quickly. When I was a senior, I took French all four years in high school. And when I was a senior, I thought I'd be super smart and take a bunch of other languages just because I was a senior. And I was like, whatever. Um, I took Spanish and I took intro to like I took beginner Spanish. So I was the one of two upperclassmen in an all freshman beginner Spanish class, and I was terrible to my teacher because I was just. know-it-all senior and I was a jerk and I was terrible to her for like the first month of school just thought I knew it all thought I was just being like oh I could just waltz through this class and she was so patient with me even though I was terrible to her and at one point she just was like look (laughs) I get it you're a senior you don't really want to be here I don't know why you signed up for this class if you don't want to be here but I'm you're not my concern I got to teach all these other kids and I don't know it's just the way she said it and I realized that she you know was just doing her job and I was being a jerk and after that she like I don't know how to explain it she just inspired me so much and I ended up loving her class and she ended up being one of the best teachers I ever had and I was such a jerk to her <laughs> <laughs> It was terrible, but I love such her. a little punk. Huh? I was, I was terrible, and but I love, because my dad worked in the school, and I just thought oh, I can do whatever I want. I was just a, I was a jerk kid. Um, so That's she so was, um, yeah, she was amazing. And then my sophomore year, um, history teacher was amazing, Mr. Schaefer. He gave us so many incredible stories. He traveled a lot, and so he always had these great stories from traveling. And he was just really open minded. He really just taught us a lot about the world and I just loved it. So what about you?
1: Um, My English teacher from high school, um, actually, yeah, I had her ninth grade and 11th grade. Oh. So yeah, I had her twice. She was amazing. She was always, ha- she always had a smile on her face. Um, she was, she was just a very joyful, happy person. Um, and, She was the reason why I understood English and grammar. Like I was not getting like the diagramming and the dissecting of sentences and tenses and all that jazz. I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, she was just amazing at what she did. And she was so patient with everybody. Everybody loved her. Um, So (laughs) on a sad note, um, she got really sick when I was in college um and she i can't remember what she had was i don't know that it was cancer but regardless she got really sick um and i ran into her husband at college and i was talking to him and she was he was like oh yeah you know my wife's in the car she you know i i he didn't really say she'd love to see you but she i think he said she misses all of you know your class or whatever right um And I was like, oh, okay. And for a split second, I was like, oh, I should go see if I can say hi. But I was, I think I was running late in between classes. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, it'll be fine. I can, I'll probably, I can be another chance. Well, there was no other opportunity because then she got way sick and then she ended up passing away, I think my senior year of college. Mm -hmm. But she was just one of those teachers that, left a mark and um yeah. the storyline with kevin and the coach kind of reminded me of that
0: That's which awesome. made
1: me all kind of like in my feels i was like oh mm. yeah
0: pro teachers all you the know, way so, Pro teachers, yeah. this was the best although if i can say kevin did bother me in this episode just a tiny bit when he was at the bridge no he was somewhere with sarah where were they They were at the bridge, yeah? They were at the bridge, yeah. Yeah. And he asks her about the wedding planning, and she's overwhelmed. Sarah basically has been struggling with the wedding planning because Megan and the O'Brien sisters have just bombarded her with dresses and plans and caterers and the And so he – Kevin asks her, how are you doing with all this? And she says, well, it's kind of – and he says, I know my mom can be a lot. Are you okay with that? And she's trying to be nice, but eventually Sarah says, no, I'm not. I'm not actually okay with this. And he's just like, yeah, cool. So anyways. And even <laughs> yeah, like, like, oh, do you want me to talk to my mom about this? Or hey, do you want to just do this? He's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Cool. And then she's like, are you okay? So that was all set up just so she could be like, are you okay? Well, I had this call with my coach, and I'm like, dude, you just hijacked the whole conversation. You asked <laughs> her, and she told you, and you say nothing back. You're just like, oh, cool. He
1: was totally not was listening. He...
0: Ugh. No, I mean, I know Such that was the dude. point. She's like, are you distracted?
1: But it, yeah. But still, she really like, was yeah, struggling. Yeah. I mean, and I think I that felt was really the frustrating. Bad for her. Thing. Exactly
0: you know she was standing up there on that wedding dress which hello she looked incredible in it she really did she as Bree said stupid pretty um mm-hmm. and she was like this is just not what i envisioned well then what are you envi- i why'd they skip over that part i want to know what she wants like yeah so i thought i didn't think it was necessarily
1: the dress i think that she is struggling With holding grief in one hand and joy in the other hand and feeling conflicted about being happy when she's a widow.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, she's gone through all this before.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's not like this is her first time around the rodeo.
0: That's right. I Mm -hmm. forgot about that. You're so good. See, I was wondering, does she not? Did she lose her mom? Because I thought her parents were in.
1: In Yeah. Now that that did confuse me. I was a little because her parents were in an episode. Her her mom and dad and her like two brothers. I think is what two she or had
0: three, four, Some, whatever. I yeah, she, her
1: she is, Yeah, ton of bros. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it was. I I I was a little confused about her mom not being there in the wedding. Even even though she had been through a wedding before, right? was um, so, like, you only get one from me.
0: That's yeah, it. I'm I, out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, that part confused me, but the struggling her this is not what I envisioned. I think it has more to do with her her internal struggle.
0: Oh, see that makes more sense cuz I thought does she not have a mom or does she not have friends, you know? And I mean, as this would kill Rachel cuz you know, she's she hates the fact that they make it seem like her entire family is like a billion hours away. Her mom's <laughs> within driving distance. Her mom could come over and help shop and stuff and help do stuff and Yeah. I mean uh, she's only know. in
1: Philly. It's like right. what ninety minutes? They yeah. could even FaceTime.
0: Yeah, that I mean, not even you can't even get on the phone and just speak her phone. Hey, I'm trying on dresses. Look at right. this. One. Here's a text, you know. Yeah. Um but it did bother me earlier in the episode when they were talking at the at Sally's and They were like, "Oh, your brothers won't be interested." And Connor's like, "I guarantee they won't." Why not? Maybe maybe they would be. She doesn't know. (laughs) She could ask them. What if they're like super into it? I mean, it's true. There are some
1: brothers that are invested in weddings. I haven't met a brother invested in a wedding yet, but I'm
0: sure they are out there. Um, Just saying yeah and are then, sure there are guys out there in to say yes to the dress oh yeah for sure um my other
1: question was just hijacking the bridal party right I was like whoa now whoa now I get yeah. y'all are about to be sisters and all but if my sister-in-laws did that to me I'd be like well okay let's be real I'd probably be like Brie and be like ah okay just shove it aside but inwardly I'd be like what you you think we're we 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 close like that or right I mean no in real life I did have my one sister-in-law in in my wedding my other sister-in-law was not my sister-in-law yet um I don't even think that she and my brother were a thing although if they were if they had been a thing I probably would have still asked her but that aside um, usually it's the bride asking the
0: bridesmaids, not the bridesmaids right. asking the bride. So I guess you need bridesmaids. Oh, well, well, uh, hmm, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll be bridesmaid I had a friend who got married with zero bridesmaids. Well, she had her mm-hmm. sister stand up with her and that was it. Like, you know, that was yeah. it. Which is fine. I mean, and then, you know, I come from... Well, my mom's Hispanic, so we have a lot of cousins. So there was always an expectation for a lot of bridesmaids. I was like, I'm capping it because I, I can't do that. I'm capping it. A I had four, but my husband had a lot of bro friends. And so there was an uneven thing. But I don't care. I was like, whatever. We're all here. We're just yeah. having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of weird. I did like that... Um, it seemed all their dresses had pockets. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> I did. I was like, Fancy. those bridesmaid dresses have pockets. Yes. I would totally, well, no, I wouldn't be in a wedding. Never mind. I was going to say I'd totally be in a wedding if my bridesmaid dress had pockets, but you know what? No, scratch that. I wouldn't want to be in a wedding. Um, That's okay. I'm too old to be in weddings. I will contribute monetarily there you in go. my support. I don't need like just with cash. I don't want to contribute monetarily to wear a dress and stand up in front of everybody. But, um, so yeah, so Sarah struggling and at the bridal shop was also Abby, who's also struggling because she was trying to decide whether she should be a whistleblower on Derek Porter, AKA mm. David Lewis, AKA the best. And she decided, she's like, okay, I'm just, I think he's running a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme, sorry. Mm-hmm. Word marbles in my mouth. Um and she does it. She basically leaks their financial documents or whatever she has to the paper and her boss says, "Yeah, you're out until we can figure this out." And now her job is in trouble. And again, and then we see in the previews for the next episode she gets served with some sort of legal papers, so again, Connor could help her. And Again, no mention of the kids this episode. I don't understand this. Are they just not there? Are they with Wes? Are they with Nell? We'll get they're, to that. Ooh.
1: I was going to say they're with Wes and Miss Fancy Pants Lady.
0: Oh, that's right. Her <laughs> blog, whatever it was called. Oh, fancy. You're right. What was it called? Oh, oh
1: shoot. Miss
0: Miss Marvelous miss oh that's miss right because i kept thinking it was like miss marvel and i because i miss marvel because i kept thinking that's like that show on amazon yes and yes, Marvelous yes. i was like did they not really but that's neither here nor there but yeah she didn't even like not even like a line in the in the script like i don't know if i should do this because what if it disrupts my kids lives
1: mm.
0: you know like oh what yeah. if i lose my job and then i can't take care of my kids or What if I get indicted or not indicted? What if I get, you know, sued? Oh, and then my kids. But she sure was all over it when somebody took a random photo of her kids while she was out with Trace at one point. I was like, my kids, I have to protect my kids. But now she could be in real legal trouble. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm (laughs) I'm doing it. I I did
1: find it funny, <laughs> um, a different note, that Dell was basically like, you're kind of half fired, but good job.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad you did it. But yeah, you have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting.
1: This will be interesting. I, this was the one I was like, okay, I, I can dig this one because this is, this gets into some deep stuff. I mean, whistleblowing and... Yes. Possible trial and maybe
0: jail time. I mean, who knows? I just like I said last episode, like last um Chesapeake chats. I really want David Lewis to come out swinging. He's so mm. cool. <laughs> I just want more scenes with him, just being really mad and threatening. And yes, but um, so then we see Trace at some point And okay, <laughs> nice. y'all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, okay, this is where you can fast forward. And I'm sorry, you can reach me at lisa at com for any feedback towards me for what I'm about to say. But I'm over him arguing about whether or not sh- he should be on tour. He just needs to put it on a t shirt. I'm not going on tour anymore. Stop asking. Get it on a sandwich board. Stand outside. Ring a bell. I don't know. It's, that's all people ask. Well, you give up on your dreams? No, I'm not. I'm not going to be on tour. I don't know. Should I be on tour? Maybe I shouldn't be. I don't care if you're on tour anymore. Done. Can we have a
1: shirt that says hashtag not with the band?
0: Oh, yes. That would be awesome. Not with the band. The Trace Riley band.
1: <laughs> oh, it's now God. just the band. Right. Without Trace Riley
0: the band formerly known as the Trace Riley band hashtag not with the band. Yeah. I just, I'm over the storyline, as I've said many, many times before, and he's in the bridge. Can't people just let it go? And can we not find something else for him to do? Um, And I probably shouldn't say it like this because this sounds really crass. So I'm going to just say, instead of him running the bridge, he can establish a relationship with Emma
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's just see a new relationship. I'm all for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, he ran Waffle Dude. He ran Chris the Waffle Guy out because of all of his complaining, which I don't understand why he's complaining. Because Chris, oh, I don't know, saved the bridge from going under. Oh, Mm -hmm. made it a legitimate business. Oh, kept it going and managed it and gave him a business to come back to after leaving tour but True. yes let's go ahead and berate him but the fact that chris left and to go manage waffle houses was amazing
1: <laughs> i did not see that coming i was like wait
0: i about why fell you off giving- the couch well, i was like what this is awesome
1: <laughs> well hopefully he can make the awful houses better waffle houses so yeah there's also that
0: Although I do collect Waffle House coffee mugs because they're really good in quality. Mm -hmm. I have like two here at my house and I have like two at work. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's random, but, um, but yeah, so Trace, yes. arguing about tour? Yeah, whatever. But the most interesting part is that they're putting him with Emma more. So we could see that continue. And I think, I mean, we only have four episodes to make it happen. And then obviously they have to break up. So then there can be a will they or won't they at the end with him and Abby. But I'm going to enjoy this Tremor while I can. See, yeah, you know
1: what? We need Tremor to be a thing for at least another – the rest of the season and that next half of next season or more. Yes. I want to see groveling and I want to see the looks of – oh from abby yeah yeah and i want to see trace super conflicted and maybe i don't know uh like mistakenly seen with abby and then there's an argument and like just lots of drama yes i I want to yeah i want them to make me want trace and abby Agree.
0: back together. I want to see the scene where Trace and Emma are standing in front of the water and they're barely making eye contact and she says, "You're just not over her, are you?" "Over who?" "Don't play games with me, Trace. Abby, you're still in love with her." "Look, I'll always love Abby in some way." "No, you're in love with her." "Maybe I am." Ah, yeah. Okay. See, that's what I want. Done. Yes. Yes.
1: I want I want that. <laughs> but Maybe not until after they've together. been together for a while. Yes. Yeah, we need, we need them to be – we need we need hashtag trauma to be a thing through season five.
0: What would have been really interesting is if instead of Chris Waffle being rude to Emma, is if he tried to make a play for her and then Trace got jealous realizing, oh, I kind of am into this girl. And then mm. they could have gone out and then Trace, after he dumps her for Abby to go back to her, he and Emma could have taken off because she's like, I play – I serve in joints all over – Whatever, and they could have gone and he could have managed Waffle Houses and she could have served at them. I don't know. Yeah, this could have taken a whole different direction. (laughs) I know, (laughs) Ah. yeah, but okay. So, the last person we haven't talked about yet is Megan, which she didn't have a whole lot to do this episode except wear those amazing glasses. Uh, yeah, and run around trying to plan Kevin and Sarah's wedding. And I guess this is just a way to make up for the past because she wasn't there for a lot. But my question was, there's five kids, right? Three three girls and mm-hmm. two boys. Okay. Only one of those kids has gotten married. So she's only missed out on one wedding planning, if that's what she, right. if that's what happened. So there's still plenty of time for her to be like, oh, I can be involved. Um, but does this mean that she wasn't at any family events over the years like nothing no graduations, no birthday parties no you know just whatever like was she there for the birth of Abby's kids like was she at Abby's wedding like she makes it seem like she missed out on everything period
1: yeah it makes it sound like she just sh- well I thought she just showed up
0: oh if events? she was invited oh yeah okay. and just didn't have anything to if, do with them
1: yeah okay. yeah yeah like oh, I'm here, here's my gift, okay, goodbye. And I I feel like it would have gotten worse as the kids got older. Like, Abby and Kevin, I feel like she would have been a little less awkward. And then Bree, Connor, and then Jess. I mean, I would be surprised if Jess even had her at her graduation. That makes sense. I mean, you know, so maybe it's like that. Um, As far as the wedding thing yeah i mean you're right she's only had one daughter get married there's two more yeah maybe she's just super excited about kevin and sarah because kevin's like her favorite child <laughs> they're like you're her favorite i mean that was i mean that was a thing everybody
0: yeah. said kevin was the favorite well that could so be maybe it too. that was part of it too you're so smart i don't think of these things i'm just like megan stop it but okay, but seriously, in your wedding, did your, and I'm not trying to ask for like super deep, dark family secrets or for you to say anything terrible, but did your mother-in-law help a lot with your wedding? Your prospective no. mother-in-law? Mine didn't either. She was like, that's not my yeah. job. No, she was, yeah. She, they did the rehearsal dinner. And he,
1: they're not from here. So basically they were like, here, give us a list of restaurants that can fit, you know, so many people and we'll do it. Yeah. And it was great. it was amazing. but yeah, I mean they they were they're pretty chill. Now my mother-in-law is awesome. She's right. super chill.
0: Super yeah, I cool. mean, I just I didn't I didn't think that that was the norm. um, but I've only been married once, so maybe other people can chip like chime in here. but I mean, my mother-in-law was like because I, I I didn't want to not include her. so I was you know, I kept saying, if you want to go to this or if you want to go to this, and she's like, no we don't do that. This is, that's your mom's like, and she wasn't mean about it. She was just like, no, that's not what I do. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. I mean, yeah, I, my wedding was super cash. So I was like, okay. I just didn't want her to feel like she wasn't included because she only had sons. And mm, I thought if she wanted to be a part of it, you know what I mean? But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that's what strikes me as weird is, Kevin's mom is like, "All right, let's get to it." She's got that giant binder, like her Leslie note binder, and she's like, "All right, ready, <laughs> go." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, intimidating. <laughs> yeah, that was that was
1: weird, and I felt like it was kind of uncharacteristic unchar- of Megan because right? usually Megan's very careful and yeah. very sensitive to everybody else's feelings, but this one, she's like, "All right, here we go. Let's go. Let's get it." <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait,
0: what?" Yeah. It was it was odd, but I get it. She's trying to make up for stuff. Now, there was a moment, which initially when I saw it, because I watched this episode twice. Initially when I saw it, I thought it was very sweet that Mick, at some point, at, you know, Megan comes in to basically vent about what's going on and catch up with Mick. And he tells her, look, you don't ever have to worry that you're not a part of this family, which I thought was very sweet on the first viewing. I was like, oh, that's really sweet of him. But on second viewing, I realized Megan kind of just stares at him a little bit. She has like this weird expression on her face. And I'm wondering if she's looking at him like, really? You're saying this to me after all these years? Because didn't he keep her away like oh. from family stuff? Like, wasn't he like – because at one point – it's alluded to like throughout the series that they fought a lot and Mick was like, go and you don't, then this isn't your family anymore. And he like kind of kept her away from them. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. I feel like that was a part of it at some point. I,
1: Oh, okay. So in all fairness, I don't remember her reactions. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again, <laughs> but I, I, didn't think he kept her away. I think yeah. maybe he guilted her into staying away, but not necessarily like, you can't come back and right. see your children. Oh,
0: not like super aggressive or anything, but I just. Yeah,
1: yeah, but Because, I mean, even he wasn't really all that involved with his kids' lives either. Right, because he was always working. Right. And then he was the one that made the call to Megan when Nell was sick. Right. Right. And that's when she came back, which means that they had to have been on good terms by that point.
0: Right. But that first season, they were constantly fighting. They were like, I can't do this. You know, they would try and talk and then they would get in a fight and they would just walk away. And so you got the idea that they were pretty, you know, not volatile, but they were, you know, just a lot of arguing when they were together. So I'm just wondering, Okay, so if you get a chance to see it, there's just she makes she just kind of stares at him for a beat too long and just kind of looks at him like, really, you're saying this to me? Because it was a very sweet thing that he said, but she Mm -hmm. didn't look like she took it very well. (laughs) So.
1: Oh, interesting. Was it kind of like a look of uh, I can't believe you're saying this to me because that's not usually
0: how you are? Well, it just. It looks to me like, you know, when somebody does you wrong and then later they kind of try and brush it over and they say, well, you know, I was just kidding or, you know, it was just, and you just look at them mm. like, really? You right. and I both know what went down and you're trying to tell me like, oh, you're still a part of this family. Like after all those years, you made me feel like I wasn't. Okay. That's rich coming from you, sir. You know, something. Oh, dramatic, you know, that sort interesting. of interesting. Yeah. So that's all I'll still watch it again. Okay. Hmm. So if anybody else noticed that and you think that as well, let me know cuz maybe I was just reading too much into it. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um yeah. but yeah, so that's pretty much everybody from the show except it's time for our next segment, which before we get into it, I just have to say a big shout out thank you to angela to be pecked from twitter because she's amazing and she made us an intro song to this segment and seriously she's awesome i just love her she's so supportive with all of our podcasts and she's always comments always gives us feedback and i just love her so here we go our next segment the mystery is where is nell o'brien the mystery where is, is Nell <laughs> Oh, she said that and I was like this is legit perfection so okay but seriously where is she
1: where is Nell I was looking for her and she never popped up nobody ever mentioned it even in passing and not even like oh you know grandma would be when, she'd be missing out on this wedding planning or right? oh what do they call? Do they call? What do they call her? They don't call her Nell, do they? Yeah, I thought they. Do they do the kids call her Nell? Don't they? I don't even remember. She's been gone so long. I know. Psh, I don't even know I what mean, they call her. Is it like Mima, Mima, <laughs> Grandma, <laughs> Graham? Right? You could tell Graham, Grand. It's Grand. Gran. Yes. Grand, right?
0: Grant. Yeah. And they're always eating her muffins. They're always climbing on her counters. She's always doing something. And seriously. She's always hitting Connor on the hand. Yes. When he
1: takes the muffins. There's been no O'Brien family kitchen scene. This Very is why disgusting. they're all falling
0: apart. She's not there to keep it together for them. Yeah.
1: There's no wisdom for Brie. That's why Brie can't make up her stinking mind on right. Simon Martin,
0: whatever his name is. Smartin. Smartin. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so where is she? Like, are they gonna? Are they just gonna bring her back like next uh, next episode, and we're all just supposed to pretend that we didn't see her for two episodes? Are they gonna have a reason why she's gone? Is she has she joined a cult? Like, what is happening? I I need hmm. answers, mark Maybe she's in Ireland
1: gathering wisdom to bring back to the family. She's got this Unagi thing going on. So she knows what's going on. She's gone to the the Ireland people. in Irish? Imparting- <laughs> <laughs> is that the word you're looking for? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. The Irish. <laughs> yeah. um, getting wisdom and trying to, you know, pass it on or intake it or something like that so that her family won't be falling apart. And she's going to, you know, you know, mush up her wisdom into the children and they will all live happily ever after. She's getting wisdom.
0: Okay, that's a good one. I I can support that. <laughs> now, my theory is a little bit more far-fetched. I think that she has run off with the grandpa from Good because isn't he also Irish? I know you don't watch the show. This is just a rhetorical question um maybe she took off with him he hasn't been i mean he was he's been on the show but not a whole lot maybe they're off together maybe they met in ireland maybe it was a singles cruise to ireland i don't know we don't know <laughs> that's the problem hallmark we don't know i, I did have a split thought
1: uh, for a second there and thought maybe she's with the shoe lady from um that candace Cameron beret movie <gasps> jean
0: smart Yes, yes, that's it. The shoe lady. Oh yes. Maybe note, she needs help. Did you ever watch Designing Women with Jean Smart? Did you ever watch that show? Ah, uh,
1: I don't think so. Okay,
0: I feel really old. Uh, they just dropped the entire series on Hulu, FYI, and that's basically going to absorb. I just, I think it's been out on it for like a week or two, but now that I know it, that's going to absorb my life. So that's all. Um. So yeah. People, do you guys know where Nell is? Let us know. Let us know in the feedback. Tweet at us. Give us your theories. Let us know what yeah, you think. I, send us the most
1: far fetched theory out there. Yes. I want to hear your crazy brains so you all aren't like, yeah, that Casey awesome. chick's crazy.
0: <laughs> okay, so the next segment is random moments. Do you have any random moments from this episode?
1: random moments random moments random yes
0: that did not actually contribute to the plot were just amazing on their own
1: yes 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 okay so when jess and david are at the new inn and they're walking around and they have like the music and she's just as like in awe and she says it's perfect it just reminded me very much of lorelei gilmore in the (laughs) end it did you're right (laughs) it was very much a gilmore girl's Moment and it made me giggle because I just it's been a while since I've seen Gilmore Girls, but yeah. I feel like there was a moment where Lorelei walks into her inn and is like,
0: Oh, yeah, the new one, right?
1: Not the old one, yeah.
0: I try and pretend that the new one didn't happen, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Oh, not the new, series. not I meant the new inn, okay? Because there are two in,
0: yeah, no, I'm just saying like the, yeah, the new. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I pretend that didn't happen either. Epices. yeah. No, the yeah. new one. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my it was that the only one, or do you have another one? I
1: think. Oh, I do have one more. <laughs> okay, it's when Emma tells Trace, "Oh, so you gave it all up to be a glorified handyman?" <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> that was pretty boss. I laughed out loud. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. Good chemistry. They need to be together. Okay. Mm. um Well, I was going to piggyback off yours at the end when she's when Jess says, "Oh, it's perfection." Back it up just to squidge to when they're walking up to the property and Bria's complaining, and Abby says, "Any man would be crazy not to want to be with you," and just casually flings out, "Except for David." Uh, <laughs> no, I forgot about that part. Awkward. I mean, <laughs> and then David kind of looks at her like, uh, because they had a thing. Are we going to pretend like they didn't have a thing? They had a thing, and that was awkward. And I loved it. It was, <laughs> she just said, uh, except David, which was great. Yeah.
1: That was sassy, man. Yes. Was,
0: it was Ooh, great. Where did that come from? Know, like, we haven't addressed this in four seasons. <laughs> Burn, dude. Thanks, sis. But, right. um, my other one was when all of them are in the bridal shop and they're all trying on their dresses, I was dying because this was such a girl conversation to be talking about issues and then interjecting with it. Oh, that color looks really good on you. So anyways, and then you just keep going and it just stop and be like, oh, I love that beading. I love that. And then you just keep going on the conversation. They just kept doing that. And I was, I just thought that's exactly the way. I'm not sure about everyone else, but that's exactly the way I speak with my friends. (laughs) I'll be talking about (laughs) something, you know, like, I don't know, complaining about something or talking about work and I'm like, oh, okay, that color looks really good on you. That works. Anyways, so the project, you know, just, I I thought it was real and I thought it was great. So I loved it. But that was my last one. That's too funny. Yeah. So, yay, we did it. Episode 2 We did it! Yay. You guys, so thank you for listening. I want to know what you guys thought about episode two. You guys have been so great with your comments on Twitter. I look forward to them. Um, I'm sorry I don't jump on them super quick because when I get to work, I try and sneak tweet. But I also work in a cubicle environment so everybody can see what I'm working on in my giant screens. And I'm always like, yeah, I'm not on Twitter at all. Not at all. I'm totally working. <laughs> so I have to wait till nobody's around. And then I'm like, oh, let me bombard everybody with responses. So. If you don't hear from me, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I do love your comments, so let us know. And speaking of Twitter, Casey, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at HallmarkMyWords. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Girl Gone Hallmark. And you can follow the pod on Twitter at HallmarkiesPod, on Instagram at Podcast. And if you are so inclined, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash Hallmarkies where for as little as $2, $2, you can have access to exclusive Patreon-only content, including some fabulous giveaways and whatnot. So again, thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you and that you take time to listen, comment, and tweet with us. So all right, until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.